Welcome to On The Mark, a podcast series that explores the effect on various businesses of the COVID pandemic and how companies can survive, thrive, and sometimes succeed even more than they had before the COVID epidemic. I'm your host, Howard Mark Rubin, and this podcast series came as a result of my realization that as a senior partner in the law firm of Getz Fitzpatrick, I was representing businesses that were permanently being changed. Businesses that this pandemic has changed the way they could do business, in some cases, their ability to do business. And we had to pivot, and they had to pivot, and my job was to help them pivot to a way that they could adapt to this new reality. I felt that having a podcast series on how these industries, various industries, were affected by the pandemic was something that was important. Sponsoring this series of podcasts is the Strategic Forum, which was founded in 1999 in New York City and expanded in 2004 to South Florida. It's an organization consisting of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business leaders who believe in forming deep business and personal relationships based on mutual respect and trust and continual learning and intellectual enrichment. The current membership of the Strategic Forum represents a diverse group of public and private businesses and organizations, and we have one member of the uh, Strategic Forum that's uh, our guest today. Uh, we have two guests. First, we have Mark Platensky, who uh, of React Industries. Because uh, the industry that we're talking about today is the HVAC industry, which um, is actually one of the industries that uh, has faced challenges, but somewhat different challenges than some of the other industries, such as the restaurant industry and the hospitality industry that uh, has been put out of business. Uh, that's not, uh, I think, the case, as, as Mark will explain, in the HVAC business. Uh, React Industries uh, and React Technical are commercial and uh, HVAC service contractors in the New York metropolitan area since 1983. React's work includes the design, construction, installation, alteration, repair, service, and maintenance of boilers, HVAC, air handling systems, ductwork systems, refrigeration, piping, processing, piping, heating, and cooling systems in both commercial and industrial cent uh, settings. Uh, after uh, graduating with a BS in engineering and completing his master's in business administration, Mark uh, came into the family business, which was started by his father, I believe, in 1994, and is carrying on the tradition of the Plotensky family as the managing partner and chief operating officer of REACT's uh, construction and service operations daily. Believing that client education builds stronger relationships, Mark began introducing initiatives to provide practical knowledge for React's New York metro area clients, levering his expertise for affiliations he has nurtured with both local and national partner organizations, such as the Mechanical Service Engineering Contractors Association and the American Society for Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning Engineers. Mark has also earned the prestigious MSCA star designation for commercial, institutional, and industrial HVAC service excellence. This award is the highest distinction for any heating and cooling company in the industry and serves to differentiate REACT's reliable service, support, quality workmanship, and safe procedures. 
for their clientele. Welcome on. And thank uh, you, Aaron. Thank you. The uh, our other guest is uh, coming from a different angle. That's Richard Shapiro, who's a strategic forum member, and he's founder and president of the Center for Client Retention and a leading authority in the area of the customer experience, brand loyalty, and customer retention. For over 25 years, Richard has spearheaded research conducted with millions of customers from Fortune 1000 companies, compiling the ingredients of customer loyalty and what drives repeat business. Prior to starting his company, Richard was vice president of client retention and customer satisfaction for ADP, the world's largest payroll processing company, and is the author of two best-selling books, one of which I've read, which was excellent, The Welcoming Edge, Unlocking the Secrets to Repeat Business, and The Endangered Customers, uh, Eight Steps to Guarantee Repeat Business. Richard uh, will be um, uh, weighing in on how Mark's type of business, which faces different types of challenges, and businesses like Mark's could um, better uh, serve their clients and, and make sure that there's client retention and growth within those industries. So I want to welcome you uh, both. Uh, I'd like to start uh, with uh, Mark. So Mark, tell us, what uh, has uh, COVID done to your business? What has been the uh, initial effect? Well, it's definitely been uh, an interesting ride. Obviously, um, you know, everything in New York City, being a specialty contractor, um, for HVAC in New York, um, dealing mostly with uh, Manhattan Fortune 500 type uh, companies. Uh, you know, late March, we, you know, the governor and the uh, the city put the shelter in place, and we really had to act quickly um, and and make changes. So um, changes both in terms of how to operate my business, uh, how to keep my people safe, um, what am I going to do with revenues? So. You know, the first two weeks of the shelter in place was definitely interesting times um, where, you know, we went into our contingency planning mode, which we, we had one in effect. And uh, for the most part, um, it went out pretty, pretty flawlessly. But, um, you know, when time came to what's next, there really was not a plan in place in terms of what's next in terms of a pandemic. So, you know, we quickly geared up and one of the things we did quickly was first is looking at my staff and my employees to making sure that they were safe. Um, so running two businesses, one being construction and one being service, construction pretty much shut down. So once the shelter was in place, you know, of the 22 active jobs that was going, uh, 21 of them stopped. We had one job that was classified as essential services. So construction pretty much came to a standstill. Service, on the other hand, um, had some, um, some work going on. We had some emergency work with the Mount Sinai Hospital in getting some COVID uh, recovery centers set up immediately, taking a six-week job into a six-day job for overflow. Um, and that was happening in New York all over the place when uh, it was one of the first cities to really get hit hard. And then um, it was really trying to reach out to my customer base, which was trying to reach out to them and find out how I could help them during this pandemic. So that was really the first approach is my people at first, making sure that they were safe, uh, procuring the proper PPE, the personal protective equipment for my staff who had to go out as essential workers for whatever work was happening in the HVAC industry, and then contacting the customers. And, and a lot of work that did take place for me was the education side of 
now that we're in a pandemic, how is the HVAC industry affected and what is it that I need to do in the future? Well, I, I would think that um, the ventilation part of the business, the, the V in HVAC, uh, has really exploded because everyone wants better ventilation and better systems. And uh, I, I was wondering how you uh, adapted to that uh, demand. So that's exactly correct, Howard. Um, everything we hear today is, you know, everything's okay for restaurants to have be outdoors and go outdoors and outdoors. So the key is, is the, the air quality outdoors is definitely uh, an important factor. And the more that you can bring in outside air into your you know, high vertical New York City buildings, the better off you are. So, you know, there were papers that were issued and uh, stances from uh, the Association of Engineers that came out in May, which is pretty much New York City building apartment code that everyone followed. But, you know, the first step was how do we get outside air introduced to the buildings and how do we ventilate and, and, and provide better air filtration for that outside air and the recirculated air that is being uh, delivered throughout the air handling systems in, in New York City. So, yes, that is one of the key initial important parts of the HVAC industry that stayed uh, intact. In fact, I would say 75% of my customer base, even though they were shelter in place and working from home, still had us continuing the maintenance services for providing that constant air filtration and circulation of air throughout this time period. And, and Richard, um, from your perspective as a as a consultant, uh, helping uh, companies uh, maximize their client relationships, for a company like Marx, which um, experienced a greater demand uh, at this point because of the the pandemic for his services, uh, what would you? Uh, advise those type of companies in retaining their clients and growing with them in the post-pandemic world? Yes, Howard. Well, first of all, thank you uh, for having me on this podcast today. And it was a pleasure meeting Mark. And, you know, when I heard Mark earlier, you know, I think the theme of it is, you know, communicate and educate with your clients uh, or educate your clients. And I think so many firms don't understand what communicate really means. Uh, and you had mentioned earlier, uh, Howard, that, you know, I started my career at ADP. You know, when I started, I was an account executive. When I left, I was vice president of client retention and customer satisfaction. And actually, ADP is the only company that has over 165 consecutive quarters of double-digit earning growth, and I was there during that period. And what I learned in creating their account manager program and teaching the account managers in any industry, but let's say a service industry, to communicate with their clients is that it's really important to do kind of a client analysis and sit down with your clients, you know, once a year or twice a year or during these times. I mean, everybody's business has changed. Everybody basically has a new business at this point in time. So what I would advise anybody in the HVAC industry is to schedule, you know, Zoom appointments or physical appointments or whatever is going to be appropriate and develop a series of questions uh, to kind of like re-engage, you know, with the Firm. And I know Howard is a believer and he has great relationships with his clients that just going in and saying, well, tell me what's on your mind. But in a lot of cases, you don't necessarily know your clients well or not well enough for them to really go through a whole series of questions. So, you know, finding out why they selected your firm in the first place and what's working best and what they're hoping to get out of the relationship. And what do you hear from your staff about us? Those are all questions that would help 
develop a conversation and help you to maximize you know the business with your uh, clients in every industry especially HVAC there's always an opportunity to increase market share with your existing customers you know there's not too many new businesses out there so by going out and both educating and communicate with your clients I feel that that's a great way during this period and getting out of this period to educate and communicate with your clients and hopefully maximize uh, the revenues that you know the opportunity that you have there and and um, Mark when you're uh, approached about uh, work, because I would think, at least in the ventilation area and the installation part of it, there's uh, just a tremendous demand. Are you focusing just on existing clients, or are you accepting new clients uh, for uh, for these type of projects? So it's a combination of both. In uh, in the beginning of the uh, you know the shelter in place order in March and April, it was a lot of education for myself because in my business. Uh, heating and air conditioning is what you could feel, um, you know, when your customers and you're providing a service to a customer and it's too cold and there's a problem with the heat, they call you. If it's too hot and there's a problem with the air conditioning, they call you. Um, you really don't get calls, um, regarding the ventilation side. The ventilation side is what I call the, the V, which is the stepchild in the HVAC. So pandemic world comes in play and you know, it was an education for us, and really my first implementation was my office staff. So I learned from creating a safe working environment for my office staff, uh, and I put in practice um, the implementation efforts for improving indoor air quality and ventilation in my own office based on all the webinars and seminars and podcasts that I had reviewed back in March and April when we were all sheltered in place. Um, I took that education and I contacted all my existing customer base at first um, because, again, ventilation wasn't a big concern of theirs, of theirs. You can see the thermostat on the wall and know that it's hot or cold, but there's nothing that told you you had in good indoor air quality. So until best practices came about and everyone was speaking about uh, the ventilation side of your office space and keeping your, your employees safe, is when I started reaching out to the customers and saying, how can I help you um, create a back-to-work plan? And I actually used my back-to-work plan as an example, and I walked them through what I implemented for my office staff to make sure that when they came back as essential workers, that they were safe in my working office environment. So um, in the beginning, it was existing customer base. As manufacturer reps were calling me throughout the summer, and as New York State started talking more about ventilation, and malls need to be open for high, higher efficiency filters and what are high, higher efficiency filters and why do I need them? Um, the back to work plan kind of worked in itself that um, ventilation and filtration became a key indicator. So that kind of opened up the door. We quickly jumped into our inbound marketing side, um, promoted all the products that were being displayed for the pandemic world and what the future will hold going forward, especially in, in a metropolitan city like New York, where you have high rise buildings. So um, it started out originally as contacting my customers and see how I can help them with a back to work plan, facility managers and, and human resources departments, writing that language with the research that we did and then implementing it. So, and we used uh, our office and the systems we put in place as live examples. Well, I, I know that, all of us would probably agree that uh, 
retaining clients is all about building relationships. And you seem to be doing that with your clients during these times. Uh, Richard, um, uh, I understand that you've developed uh, a eight-step approach to retaining clients. Uh, you want to talk about that a little about how that uh, would relate to what Mark's talking about? Sure. And <clears throat> everything that Mark said, by the way, is absolutely right on target. And, and I think the fact that he first did it in his own office, which makes sense, and then he could explain that detail, uh, in-depth explanations to his clients, that, that, that's just a great thing. So my eight steps uh, really are based on three uh, human emotions of hope, trust, and intimacy. And uh, it was developed by Eric Erickson, who was a famous psychotherapist in developing uh, a process for human development. And nobody goes into a relationship unless they're hoping something can happen. And certainly with the pandemic, everybody's hoping not just, you know, that a vaccine is discovered. They really want to get their lives back together. So that's important to find out. The second thing is trust. And the way you develop trust is by competency and education, which is exactly what Mark described. And the last part is really about intimacy, certainly showing your customers that you care about them after the transaction or sale is over. And I, I can't uh, emphasize enough that basically everybody in every industry has new customers. Because of COVID, every company had a pivot. And at this point in time, it's, it's important to go back to your customers and ask them the questions that you would ask any new customer, even if you had them for 20 years. So Mark is right on target, and it's all about hope, trust, and intimacy. Now, uh, Mark, I, I know, because we've spoken before, that uh, there are new filtration systems that uh, purportedly, you can discuss this a little more, are effective against COVID. Uh, I, I got to think that, that every company, every building uh, in the country and probably in the world is going to want these type of systems. And um, uh, I assume that you're installing these types of systems. Uh, do you uh, find... Yes. Is that is that the case? Tell me what you're what you're doing with uh, filtration and, and ventilation. It sounds very exciting. Uh, that it, it's something that companies are going to need long term. That everyone's going to need. Yeah. So what we did originally is is we keyed on one uh, specific sector in the summertime, and that sector was the schools. We knew with the uh, shelter in place that businesses had long term stretches of working you know, remotely, and if you had at most 10% of the workforce working, that you were lucky at that. So we, we focused on the school industry at first, and we took all the education as well as our conversations with consulting engineers here in New York City to um, go over what's the best for um, viruses and, and bacteria. I mean, obviously, we filter every day with our units, but not to the level of you know, what we're now calling hospital grade or clean room applications where our office spaces now, which is primarily my client base and schools and institutions are now looking at a different level of uh, precision. So you have variations of higher efficiency MERV filters, which uh, capture more particulates, um, different systems like UV germicidal lights that you can put in the duct systems. And uh, the architects now are actually uh, designing UV light systems in the uh, office space where at night when no one's around, uh, through occupancy sensors, they'll have lights that turn on in a matter of uh, five minutes, killing anything in terms of contact. Um, we also implemented a capture and kill 
implementation with the COVID virus. So the COVID virus is a very unique virus. It's so small that pretty much, unless you're in a hospital environment, it's very difficult to capture or kill. So we've implemented different systems and there are technologies that have been out there um, throughout the industry for years, um, specifically sports arenas and casinos where there's heavy, dense population of people and indoor air quality becomes a key factor. Um, whether it be smoke particulates or fine particulates or just bringing in a lot of fresh air and casinos where you keep people awake. So we took those, um, those existing technologies, um, various technologies called uh, PCO, photocatalytic oxidation, um, bipolar ionization, to take these particulates and actually make them bigger so they get out of the airstream, to be filtered or fall to the ground so they can get disinfected through your normal cleaning process. So. It's very common sense, um, but from an office environment, um, it was really not implemented unless you were in a hospital um, type facility where uh, clean rooms and these type of applications are, are critical. So, you know, the, the future of, of office space has changed for, for a very long time with the, with the pandemic and looking at the safety of people working in office spaces. I got to think that uh, long term, I mean, not that uh, that COVID was a good thing for anyone, but for your industry, uh, the business opportunities, uh, even long term, have uh, have multiplied because uh, everyone's going to need those services. That Yeah, I mean, I agree with it. I mean, we're, we're in a new world, Howard. Um, people are comfortable working at home right now, so... You know, New York City used to be more about how many people we could squeeze in per square foot because it was so expensive with real estate in New York. Now that people with technology know how to work from home, obviously, you know, what is the future need of heating and air conditioning as well as the ventilation and indoor air quality side? So there are challenges that we see in the future with regards to our industry, but at the same time, it has opened up certain uh, sectors that we really haven't concentrated on, which is really the safety aspect of ventilation and fresh air. So um, it's a two-sided coin. Um, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out um, in, once the vaccine's out and uh, we're really back to work uh, at whatever percentage uh, in the offices here in New York City. And Richard, could you uh, give us uh, some tips or some, some ideas on how uh, Mark could, and Mark's company uh, could best communicate uh, and educate uh, clients on this new world. It sounds like it's a very um, uh, technical kind of uh, uh, issue that uh, has to be communicated and, and how best uh, that should be done. Sure, absolutely. Thank you, Howard, for that question. So two tips that I think would absolutely apply here is that, you know, so many times uh, somebody calls your office, maybe they have a question or a problem or they're concerned. And uh, what I teach all our clients is to say, uh, instead of asking all kinds of questions, say, I can help you with that, but do you mind if I ask you a few questions? When you call a company for the first time, or if you call, you know, a supplier or a vendor, and they start saying, well, what's your account number or what's your name or what's your telephone number? It's, it's a complete turn off. So just by saying, I can help you with that, but if I mind, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? It's a great, great way to uh, fulfill that hope and to make it open-ended. The second thing, which really has to do with education directly, is never ask you know, a customer or a prospect or a client, 
do you have any other questions? That's really telling the customer you have time for one more question. Instead, ask an open-ended question, what are the questions do you have? I've been told by so many people that when you change it to an open-ended question, a lot of times that'll help you maximize the business because people will ask probably two or three more questions. So in this very complicated world of you know, COVID and post-COVID and all the things that you know, Mark uh, talked about and all the changes, people are always gonna have questions. But if you just use it, that question, what other questions do you have? I think it's gonna help you solidify some deals and help solidify the relationships. Yeah, Richard, I agree with that that uh, wholeheartedly. Um, being that it is technical, and um, you know, the customers really want to know what do I need to do, and the trust and loyalty aspect does come into play. And um, it's taking a technical side of the business and trying to create it so it becomes simple and understandable. Um, and that was really one of the challenges. And another challenge that we had with our customer base is also being honest and clear about them. Like everything with the supply chain management side, um, once we implemented whatever uh, process was specific for that client, we then had to tell them what the delays were because everything on the supply chain management was affected. Um, so, you know, we were clear and upfront with regard to that even prior to the technical uh, discussions that uh, needed to take place. So definitely lots of challenges, but, you know, being open and honest and, uh, you know, being clear about whatever it is um, was was the key really to to the success of what we endured in the second and third quarter of this year. What um, you know, Mark, I'm concerned with um, liability issues. Um, if you go into a client and uh, say uh, you put in a ventilation system and someone gets uh, COVID, a system in, in a facility that you put in. Do you have insurance? Do you get disclaimers from clients uh, regarding those kind of uh, situations where there could be liability to the company? Um, so yes, our existing contract customers, we did change the language. We did get advice from legal counsel to add certain language regarding uh, pandemic situations. Um, obviously the whole construction industry did the same thing. So pretty much, um, you know, the new world that we live in, you're going through different screenings and different processes and different periods that is state mandated. It is New York City mandated. It is, uh, uh, you know, mandated by OSHA. So, you know, just adapting to the different changes and requirements from a, from a legality and liability perspective um, is going to be interesting. Um, I know discussions with, um, you know, Congress and trying to limit that exposure um, for both employees of your own company as well as customers of where does it stop? Um, so it is something that is has to be discussed because, um, you know, it's just the open-ended question that is the unknown. Um, but we've tried to protect ourselves as much as possible with regards to our current customer base and even on the proposals that we do is that you know, there's no guarantee that this is is documented to kill COVID. It's just meant to provide a better and safer work environment so you can tell your employees that you've done your due diligence in getting them back to work and creating a safe environment for that. And Richard, how would you uh, suggest uh, companies address the uh, the liability issues and the uh, 
of someone getting sick or when they're providing services that something could go wrong uh, without sounding negative or without uh, putting off the, the client? How would you address that? How would you just address that? Well, I think, you know, what Mark was saying with all the other areas as well is just, you know, you got to educate your customers and be honest. So it's communication, it's education, and it's being honest because, you know, I think if they understand uh, that you don't have control over everything, but if you're doing your best effort and then you have, the, you know, great legal advice to advise, you know, what to say and what you can't say, I, I just feel that, you know, just educating, communicating, and being honest with your customers is the best way to do it. Um, okay, well, I, I think uh, we're towards the end of the podcast. Is there anything, uh, Mark, uh, that I didn't cover that you'd like to add? Yeah, no, I just still, I just want to end that, you know, I, I urged all my customers um, about hope and optimism. I do have good hope and optimism about the future, um, that New York City will bounce back. Um, businesses change forever. But I've stressed hope and optimism that, you know, we will get through this. And as New Yorkers, we always get through it. So that's the way I'd like to end, uh, you know, our, our uh, topic here today. Well, I, I'm waiting for the day that people will look at masks and say, remember we had to wear those things? It was, it was so long ago that uh, it's other uh, friends of mine are looking to have a mass burning party. But uh, we'll see what happens <laughs> in the future. Richard, anything else that you'd like to add before we conclude? Um, you know, Mark uh, said it all. It is all about hope. Hope is the strongest human emotion. And the other thing, as I mentioned earlier, is basically everybody has a brand new customer base because COVID has changed the world. So just communicate, educate, and, you know, provide that trust and intimacy. So, Well, I, I want to thank you both for participating. I think this was a very informative uh, podcast. And uh, I, I hope that uh, everyone out there has, has found it as interesting as I did. If you'd want any further information uh, about the speakers or about the topic, uh, I suggest ca uh, contacting Tony Ann, T-O-N-I-A-N-N-E, at thestrategicforum.com or myself at uh, Getz Fitzpatrick, 212-695-8100, uh, extension 334. I can put you uh, in contact with the speakers or uh, possibly answer any questions you have. And thank you both for participating. And that uh, concludes our podcast for today. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.